It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise we're going to have a lot of fun. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I usually do this every single week. When you have high standards for yourself and for others around you, people will begin to notice. The people who appreciate this will gravitate toward you, and the ones who object to this will likely give you a hard time in an effort to return you to the average mindset that they settled for, or they will leave your life. And that's totally okay. When you have high standards, you will do the work. When you have high standards, you will achieve more than most people would ever dream of. When you have high standards, you will attract your dream clients and partnerships. And when you perform at high levels, you will eventually make more money and perhaps even attract some recognition from your peers and mentors. I was fortunate enough to have all of these things happen for me recently. So what's the message? Have high standards and do the work. You won't regret the results from doing so. And before I forget, if you've not picked up my latest book, it's called The Greatest Lessons I Learned from Being an Entrepreneur, Volume 1. That came out about a month ago. It's available on Amazon. And I and a few of my uh, collaborative authors talked about some of the best lessons, the ups and downs and the ugly, the good, the bad about entrepreneurship. And Volume 2 will be coming out in just a few weeks from now. Can't wait for you to pick it up. Please do so. My guest this week is Rob Napolitano. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He's a wealth creation mastermind who is showing people not only how to navigate, but come out on top of the greatest wealth transfer in human history. He received his crash course in this during the Great Recession when filing for bankruptcy and battling two huge banking institutions who forced him to learn how to make money work for him. He came out with a higher net worth than when he went in. He later attended law school where the inner workings and inefficiencies of our financial economy made themselves crystal clear. As a founding partner at Grit Partners, he is helping people grow their wealth and stay protected during this distressed economy by harnessing non-traditional investment approaches and tapping into the up-and-coming power of real estate investing. We have a lot to talk about. So here we are with my very special guest, Rob Napolitano. How are you, Rob? Glad you're here. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate uh, you having me on your show and taking the time to spend with me tonight. All right. Sounds great. So the first question I usually love to ask is, did you envision early in your life that you would be where you are right now? No. The simple answer is no. Um, <laughs> I, I, I left myself open to, and, and it wasn't until later on in life that I started listening to, uh, you know, what the world wanted me to do and, you know, reading the signs on the wall. Um, listening to um, your destiny, listening to others, and just really letting your destiny take you for the ride. We're only here for a short time on this earth, and right. we, have to, we have to go along for the ride and do the best that we can with what we have. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about your path. How did you get to where you are now? So that's interesting, an interesting path that I've had. Uh, I grew up uh, in New York. I'm a first-generation Italian here. My parents uh, immigrated here from Italy long ago in the 1960s and raised three of us. Um, they came from a high school education, taught us how to save money and do what they could with the best that they uh, the best that they could with what they had, and taught us how to be good savers and 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 good uh, students and work hard. I saw them do very well for themselves with a high school education by buying real estate and they became self-made millionaires uh, many years ago by working hard, saving money and buying real estate as everybody does traditionally. But I always wanted to do things a little bit better because I saw where their flaws were. Uh, I saw where they made the mistakes. I saw how people took advantage of them mm. and I wanted to do what they did, but in a better way. Yeah. And I wanted to know what they didn't know. I wanted to know what the wealthy knew. I mean, what do the wealthy know? What, what, what do the wealthy know that the rest of us don't know? And I wanted to know, you know, they, they know how to, the wealthy, when to lean in, when to pull out, 
how to fortify their growth, how to position themselves well, how to minimize losses. They had access to things that we didn't have access to, things that my parents didn't have access to. Uh, my parents wanted to know how to make decisions like affluent people did. They mm. wanted to know what successful strategies are out there and what were those best kept secrets. Yeah. Uh, and we see some of that today as well. It's not easy. I wanted to learn more. I've made my mistakes. As you said in the opening, some of my mm -hmm. um, paths has taken me into making mistakes through the Great Recession. I found myself in a Chapter 13 bankruptcy, mm. and I had to fight my way out. Um, I fought my way all the way out to the point where I fought two big institutions inside of my bankruptcy to the point where they paid off my entire bankruptcy estate, paid all of my creditors, paid all of my attorneys, and I came out with a profit on top. I'm one of the only people out there that'll ever go into a bankruptcy and actually profit from it. And when I saw that going through something dark like that, that you can actually find your way out, mm -hmm. and if you learn the game, how it's played, it is such a powerful game. It is such a powerful way to build wealth. And I knew even though it was a dark time for me, looking back at it, that's the path that I needed to take that I was destined to take to learn some of the things that we don't know as regular traditional investors and what financial advisors are not telling us. I saw how the magic trick is done on the back end and I was hooked. I was hooked, 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 and I love it. And it's part of what I bring to people today to see the back end that nobody wants to see. Nobody ever wants to go through what I went through. Yeah. And I'm sure the system wasn't eager to share that with you either, but through discovery, you figured it out. Through discovery, I figured it out. So here's what, here's what I found out. Uh, you know, so when I was going through the great recession and I, mm -hmm. I, I, I lost all of my, all of my earnings, all of my net worth, as a matter of fact, the last money I spent was on my greatest investment was on the engagement ring to my wife. Mm. My wife still has my last dollar on her finger. Wow. Uh, and, that, and I knew from there at that point in my life that I needed to change. I learned some lessons and I need to pick up the pieces from here. So I went to law school to become a paralegal. Not that I want to become an attorney, but I want to know what the attorneys knew. How does the legal system work? And we went and we fought a bunch of foreclosures. And I was helping people stay in their homes, fighting foreclosures. And because I had the banking background, because at that point I was, I was doing mortgage banking, I was doing underwriting. I had my own mortgage bank. So I knew everything about the banking and the mortgage business. And so maybe the attorneys needed some help to you know, um, fight some of these illegal foreclosures. And yeah. we did. I started a litigation support company, trained attorneys on how to uh, beat the banks at illegal foreclosures. And now we're digging into the back end of the secondary markets and mortgage-backed securities. And they had this great thing called insurance. Mm -hmm. I said, wow, this is, this is wonderful. These guys, they set the system up great. They, they, they got money from other people, lent it to other people, made money on every side of the trade, and then insured something that wasn't theirs and got paid on the insurance as well. I said, what a great scheme. These yeah. guys are brilliant. Except the problem was, is they abused it. And they abused the system and they got greedy and they abused the people. That's the part I didn't like. So I wanted to build something like that, but do it better than them. So I had Absolutely. to go through that experience to see how they built it so that I can build it better. Absolutely, we've got a couple of minutes to our first break. How do you reinvent yourself when things go wrong? You have to sit back at first. I think just look at what you've done wrong. Be open to your failures mm -hmm. to learn from your failures. Uh, reinventing yourself is not easy, but I think it's part of a necessary transition. It's part mm -hmm. of uh, a necessary part of our growth. I started mm -hmm. off when I went to school. I wanted to be an architect. I went to school for computer science, and I ended up going into real estate as a mortgage banker and now running two funds. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it naturally builds upon itself. Um, but you just have to start with an open mind, I think. Yeah, absolutely. We're coming up against our, our very first break. And I want to ask you real quickly, what is your big why? What is your major purpose in just a few sentences? That's simple. That's my family, my uh, my daughter and my son and my wife. Uh, it's true what they say. You don't know 
what it's like unless you have children. And that redefined me. That it wasn't about me anymore. Now it was for them. And what I do is to, um, for their future, mm-hmm. for their legacy, for their survival, for their financial freedom. That's an easy one. Perfect. We're coming up against our very first break. My guest is Rob Napolitano. We will be right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back after this. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. According to a Gallup poll, 56% of Americans want to lose weight. Most of us know that muscle burns more calories than fat. So when you're trying to lose weight, you want to lose body fat while preserving the muscle you have. Lifting weights while you're losing weight is not an option, it's a requirement. According to a Penn State study, when dieters don't pump iron, 22% of their weight loss comes from losing muscle. So if you lose 20 pounds without lifting weights, almost five pounds will be muscle. Upping your protein intake is important. And Columbia University researchers found that protein intake plays a significant role in preserving lean muscle mass during weight loss. Preserve your muscle as you drop the body fat. I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Rob Napolitano. And if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on Apple podcast or iTunes, please do so. Leave a review. That would mean a lot to me. We're over 475 episodes strong by now, and I am so grateful for you to be listening today. And you can always hear the replay. In fact, after this, if you want to hear the latest episode of the show, all you have to do is ask Siri or Alexa or your favorite Google device to play Success Profiles Radio, and the most recent episode will play. How cool is that? So, Rob, let me ask you one of my favorite questions that I've been asking lately. What is the most expensive mistake you have ever made? It can be financial. It doesn't have to be. It can be an opportunity lost. It can be a time energy thing. But what is the most expensive mistake that you think you've made? That is a great question. Thank you. I think the most expensive mistake I've made is choosing some of the people that I've done business with. Mm-hmm. I, 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 look to, I look to people's character first. I think I'm yeah. a pretty good judge of people's character. Mm-hmm. But I was wrong a couple of times. Uh, I've had partners that have gone in a different direction. I've had partners that have stabbed me in the back. I've had partners that... Um, just grew out of relationships. Mm -hmm. So I think the biggest mistakes that I've made is picking some of the wrong people that I've done business with over the years. I think it's always about the people. It's always about the relationships and picking the right relationships. It's always so important. That's fantastic. What do you think is the highest value skill that anyone can learn? The highest value skill that anyone can learn, I believe is, is interpersonal relationships. Again, I believe yeah. that all of this is about the people. 
you know, when we do in, in real estate, you know, when we're, it's always about the people in the homes. It's always about the people we're dealing with on our team. It's always about, Mm -hmm. it's all centers around money. Everybody has different ideas about what money is, but everything comes down to the people and the relationships you have with people. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about Grit Partners. So Grit Partners is, is a culmination of a couple of businesses that I started continuing on with where I, I, I left off at the end of my journey and how I got here, we were fighting a lot of the big bad banks back during the Great Recession. And I found that fighting them head on, head on it's not really the way to go. I remember, I remember very distinctly, I was fighting them head on, fighting them head on. We had attorneys that were going and putting up the fight and it wasn't bringing any income in my wife and I, we were looking to get married and she wanted to, well, she was my fiance at the time. Mm-hmm. She wanted to get married. We wanted to move our life forward and she wanted to help. And I was at such a high stress level that I couldn't figure out a way for her to help. And that was, that was a big thing for me, not being able to mm-hmm. figure out because I'm a problem solver. I couldn't figure out how she could help, let alone admit that I needed the help. Right. And I lashed out at her reactionary Mm. and she started to tear up and her bottom lip started to tremble. And I was at that moment that I said, none of this is worth it. I need to do something and I'm going to change how I'm doing this. So I decided right there, instead of fighting the banks, I want to be the bank and I wanted to go and I wanted to buy the loans from the banks and do what I was trying to do help people stay in homes in a different way instead of fighting them instead of you know instead of fighting them join them and i said i'm going to go and buy these loans i'm going to be the bank to make decisions to help homeowners stay in the homes and make a living doing so and in doing that i started my first fund in 2014 doing exactly that we raised a bunch of money we were able to buy a bunch of loans i was able to get married i was able to have my daughter. I was able to have a son. I was, it all took off from there, right from the moment. And I'll never forget that trembling bottom lip. And I always yeah. hold that dear to my heart because that's where it all started from. What matters most. That is absolutely amazing. I love the mission, you know, helping people stay in their homes. That's, that's the right thing to do. And I, I love that. So tell us, why do you think some people are wealthy and others are not? I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think there's a number of reasons for that. I believe part of it is education and upbringing. Mm -hmm. Part of it is mindset. Part of it is, you know, do we want to be a victim? Do we want to be a worker? Do we want to be a winner? So let me say this as well. I can come up from this way. Here's Mm -hmm. what I've found. Over the years, I did about, I don't know, 3,000, 3,500 different homes that I was sitting at their kitchen tables when I was helping people fight foreclosures. I sat at their kitchen tables. I heard all of the stories. Mm-hmm. And there's one, there's two things that I found out that people wanted out of life. Number one is they wanted to find their happiness. And that, unfortunately, yeah. is defined differently for everybody. And unfortunately, society today tries to dictate to us what true happiness is. And I don't believe it's the right message. But Mm. if you can find your happiness, if you're lucky enough to, the second thing that people want out of life is more time to spend in that happiness. And so Mm. why do some people have wealth and some don't? I think because they come from a different approach Mm -hmm. about what is true wealth. Is it money? For some people it is. Mm -hmm. Is it just health? For some people it is. Mm-hmm. Is it access? Is it freedom? Is it lifestyle options? For some people it is. Mm-hmm. I think the challenge becomes today and for a long time. The definition of true wealth is elusive to most. And until you understand what true wealth is, I think it'll be elusive. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So do you have a set of rules for investing that you follow to build wealth? I do. So specifically in our fund, I like to go by one, well, a number of principles, but my main principle that I go by is I like to own nothing and control everything. That's something that I learned a number of years ago from uh, a, a partner of mine a number of years ago. You want to own nothing and control everything. How do you do that in real estate? Well, let's look at the relationship between the bank and a landlord in real estate. You can own a piece of property and be the landlord and you can have tenants. See, most people today are taught that the way to make wealth with real estate is to go buy a bunch of multifamilies, rental properties, get a loan on it, and make sure you have more income coming in, uh, more than the expenses that you have. You have positive cash flow, you have passive income, and just go do it again over and over again, and you build however many income streams, and you become wealthy. I take it beyond that. I think that's the wrong way to do it. I think being the bank is the better way to go, and let me illustrate it this way. Brian, if you were a, 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 a landlord, and I was the bank, and you wanted to go buy a four-unit rental property, and you borrowed the money from me, essentially, we are partners in the deal. I'm the money guy, and you're the asset guy. Right. And you go and rent each unit, and let's say it's $4,000, $1,000 each unit, $4,000 a month, and your payment to me is $3,000 a month. Yep. Traditionally, that says that you're making money, $1,000 a month passively. You are well on your way to being a millionaire and having financial freedom. Great job, Ryan. Mm -hmm. Well, let's look at the nature of this relationship because no one looks at the risk and the liability, which is the most important thing, I think, in investing. It's one thing to make the money. It's another thing to keep it. So going yeah. back to my scenario, let's analyze the risk. Let's say two of your units go vacant and you don't yeah. have that income. You're only getting $2,000 a month, but I still get my three. Let's say a storm comes by and drops a tree on the roof. And now you have to come and do repairs on the property. It's going to cost you some money, but yep. I still get my $3,000. Yeah. Now, let's say you run into some financial hardship and you can't pay me my $3,000 anymore. Well, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that property from you. Right. And I will resell it to somebody else who can actually get me my $3,000 a month. Yep. So I'll find someone else to replace you. So yeah. who's really in control in this relationship? It's really the bank. Absolutely. So control rate, real estate through owning the debt and being on the bank side of the equation. That's why I love being the bank. Fantastic. That is a great plan. We're coming up against our next break. My very special guest is Rob Napolitano. We're talking about wealth creation, and I can't wait to continue this after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we're going to talk about how we can create wealth in an economic downturn because we are in the middle of that right now. We're going to talk about his philosophy of debt and a whole lot more when we return. This is Success Profiles Radio. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brienkwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brienkwright.com. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. 
Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Rob Napolitano. We're talking about wealth creation. And the last segment, if you missed his rules for investing to build wealth, go back and listen to that again, because it was absolute fire. I love that. And if you've not subscribed to Success Profiles Magazine, you can go to successprofilesmagazine.com. You can read every single issue that we've ever done. All the way back to the beginning, December 2017, it's a monthly magazine. The first seven days is only a dollar. You can pick your subscription model and you have access to every issue for as long as you're subscribed. Successprofilesmagazine.com. Please subscribe today. So, Rob, let me ask you, because you are brilliant at creating or identifying non-traditional investment opportunities. What is out there and are those opportunities available to anyone? It's a great, another great question, Brian. There are opportunities out there, and this is part of my mission and what I tell people too. There's a lot of things that are out there that financial, traditional financial advisors don't tell people about. Um, one of them specifically is what we talk about, buying the loans in real estate. I'm a big fan of buying loans. We, we go into the big banks, we buy loans that are non-performing loans. We buy them at big discounts, and that gives us the opportunity to rework these loans to help homeowners stay in the home. So we, we, we find ourselves standing between Wall Street and Main Street. It's the perfect position for us to stay in there. Now, is this available for everybody? Traditionally, no. Financial advisors don't tell people about that, but that's why we set up our funds to give access to other investors that don't typically have access to this we're one of the very few, it's a very niche industry, and I'm, we're one of the few people that can actually offer that to investors. We offer them the access to get into some of these loans and be own part of the bank that we have out there uh, reworking these loans and helping homeowners staying in their homes. Wow. So when you buy these loans at a discount, then do you go back to the owner that's not being able to pay and redo their loans somehow, or, or do you defer the loans? How do you do that? So... That gets a little tricky. We're not allowed to go directly back to the homeowners because of a lot of the laws that are in place. So we have to use servicers that are licensed in 50 states and attorneys in 50 states that we do. So we have to communicate through uh, layers directly mm. to the consumer. I would love to talk to consumers because I, I, I used to do that. I used to sit in their kitchen tables and talk to them. But yes, right. once we buy these loans, we try to rework their loans. We can modify their payment. We can modify their term, their expiration date on, on the loan. We can modify the interest rate. We can forgive some of the debt that they owe. Uh, everybody's circumstances are different. Uh, so depending on their circumstances, uh, we're always willing to modify the loan so it can be more affordable to them. The one thing we can't do, and we tell people this, the one thing we can't do is get them the job. They have to go out and get a job and have that income. If they can right. provide income to the equation, I can rework this loan uh, for them to stay in the home. I don't care if it's $25 a month. We will still make money. I've done loans where I've had zero interest on the loans. I've done loans where I've deferred payments for however many months until they've gotten back on their feet. We have so much flexibility. And that comes mm -hmm. with the the, the years of experience and specialized knowledge that I found going through that bankruptcy that allows us to do this. The big mm -hmm. banks aren't doing this. That's why I think we can do it better. The banks don't want to do this. They're just interested right. in making money and taking right. homes. We want right. to do, be better at it. Absolutely. So we are in the midst of a down economy. This administration is not admitting it yet, but we're there. Inflation's going up. Yep. And it has been said that people can make really good money in a down economy and the people with money can do that. So how can we profit in a down economy now? I think that's the, I think we're in the, I think we're in the greatest downturn that we've seen in our lifetimes. History shows that in every cycle that, you know, we have to traverse a terrain of challenges in order to enter new territories of progress. While what we're seeing today may be new to many of us, Mm -hmm. This is not new in the grand cycle of humanity. I don't know if we have enough time here, probably not, to go into the big macro picture of what we're actually going through through debt cycles. But 
every business, every economy, every empire goes through cycles. And we're going through a cycle that um, we haven't seen before in our lifetime. So we are in our now, us and the people listening here have the opportunity to, to get a part of the biggest wealth transfer that we've seen in our lifetimes. Um, we do that by buying these loans. And there are a number of assets out there, businesses that are going to come back at a discount. Not everybody knows how to take a deal across the finish line. And so there are yeah. going to be broken deals out there that can be picked up and finished up with very little money and taken across the finish line. And those opportunities are all over the place today. That's absolutely fantastic. So we've danced around this next topic, but what is your philosophy of debt? My philosophy in debt is I, so debt, debt is an interesting thing. Debt is money. As I've been taught, debt is money. Mm -hmm. We have to understand how debt works. Debt is nothing more than a promise to pay. Yeah. Debt is nothing more than a promise uh, to give up some of my own personal production. We're all out there. We're producers. Businesses are producers and people are consumers. We all go out and get a job and then we become producers inside that business and in an economy, that's how an economy works. But a debt is nothing more than giving up part of my own personal production. So whether we like debt or not, we're all indebted, whether it be to a bank, to yeah. an employer, to a family member, it's all part of how an economy works. Yeah. Um, the imbalances of debt is what makes things go off kilter and why we go into asset bubbles and bursts, which is what we're partially what we're seeing now. Yeah. Um, and inevitably is going to be uh, a pretty much of a big burst, which is why I think we're going to see a big opportunity. Absolutely. Let's talk about some of the greatest myths of real estate investing. We've already talked about how you should own nothing and control everything. What other myths are out there about real estate investing? Things that we think are true, but really are not. I'll give you two. Okay. Um, and if I may make a, um, a selfish, shameless plug here. Sure. I'm actually putting a book out that actually has the seven deadly sins of real estate, which are all myths about real estate. So I'll give you two that are in my okay. book. And Great. I'd be happy to uh, give to your listeners here a free copy once I put it out uh, as, a, as a token for listening. And uh, thank you for having me on your show. Sure. Um, but uh, there are seven in there, but I'll give you two. Okay. Number one. ROI, return on investment, is the most important thing in real estate. That's a lie. The most important thing in real estate is ROT, a return on time. I can, and most people, again, are taught that it's the, it's, the, it's the return on the investment. How much money do I have to put into a deal before I can make more money and then I can get my money back and go do it again? But what you, that's a great question, but you're missing out. Well, what if that takes you 20 years to get that? Now your ROI has been so diminished and it turns into a deal that I never should have done in the first place. How many people are in real estate, they get into the deals going into, think it's a great deal. And by the time they get out of it, it goes, oh my goodness, I never should have done that in the first place. It took up too yeah. much time, too much expenses. So an ROT, return on time, there's a concept of the velocity of money. The velocity of money and how quickly you turn your money and how quickly your money produces your wealth is the key. Yeah. And so a, a an absolute factor of the velocity is time. So the first myth, ROI is most important. Yeah. It's the ROT, return exactly. on Exactly. Yeah. Because you can make $10,000 on on a flip, but if it takes you a year instead of a month, you've wasted right. a lot of time. That's yeah. Right. That's a perfect example of the velocity of money. That's right. $10,000 a month is very different from $10,000 a year. Oh, Absolutely. for sure. For sure. So Absolutely. how do we evaluate whether something is a good financial risk or not? Well, risk can be deduced to a number. Mm -hmm. Okay. Risk can be deduced to a number. And so every deal needs to be priced to the risk. Some people know how to identify risk and some people don't know how to identify risk. Mm -hmm. I think there's way too many people taking on way too much risk. And then it has to apply to your stage in life. Where are you in life? What are you trying to accomplish? And is that level of risk appropriate for what you're trying to accomplish at that stage in life? 
Mm-hmm. I'll give you a simple example. Which dollar has more value, Brian? The one I give you or the one you steal from me? The one that you give me, I hope. Yes, the one I give you, because the one you steal from me comes with liability because I'm going to sue you for it. and It's going to cost you $3 to defend yourself. And in the end, your net worth has gone down a negative three. Whereas the one I give to you comes with no strings attached. Mm-hmm. And therefore, your net worth goes up because it comes without any liability attached. Both dollars can get you the same. Well, can't get you much purchasing power today in today's economy, but I should have said $100. But both dollars have the same purchasing power. They look the same. They act the same, but they have different liabilities. So they have different value because of the risks associated with them. And most people don't look at that. Absolutely. We've got less than two minutes to our last break. What has been maybe one of your greatest success stories or one of your greatest learning opportunities? I'll let you choose whether you want to talk about a success story or a failure story. Well, I could talk about either of those all day long, but I'll give you a quick one. My, my best success stories, and we do them often, is when I can get to an infinite return. And the way you get to an infinite return is by getting all of your money out of a deal, all the original money out of a deal, and the deal still produces either an income or an appreciation. It still has some growth and some positive net value. So that's like taking your original money out and then just playing with house money because much, whether yes. you, if you gain more, it's just profit. And if you lose it, exactly. well, you got your money back and you're never down. Yes. And we do that often in this business I because we're buying that. things at a discount. Yeah, that's fantastic. We are coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. My very special guest this week is Rob Napolitano. We're talking about creating wealth. We're talking about evaluating risks. We're talking about investing in real estate. We're talking about the myths involved in that, that he's just blowing apart. We're talking about debt. We're talking about how to profit a down economy. We're talking about being the bank in a real estate deal instead of the investor. That's even more powerful than owning the house because as Rob has said, uh, own nothing and control everything. What a great way to do this. We'll come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will come back after the break. Down with Stretch we come. We'll be back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. With the newness of spring, it may be time to change up your workout. It's always a good idea to cross-train, but there are also times that you need to change the way you work out. If you've been doing the same thing in your exercise for a while and your results have seemed to stall, it's time to change things up. Making little adjustments can add up to big gains. If you lift light or moderate weight, why not lift heavier weights with less repetitions? Shock your body and get the results you are after. If your daily walk is not giving you the outcome that you desire, try doing cardio intervals. Walk for three minutes, then run for one minute. Repeat this sequence until you've completed at least 30 minutes. The calorie burn is much higher, and it's good for your body and mind to change up your workout. I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. 
And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Robin DePalatano. We've been talking about creating wealth. We've been talking about investing. We've been talking about identifying opportunities. We've been talking about being the bank in a deal, which is far better than owning the deal. What a mind-blowing idea. So let's explore some more fun topics now. I, I've loved this discussion so far. I want to ask you, when you run a company, when you build and scale a company and have people around you, there are core values that you have to be living by. So I'd love to know what some of your top core values are for you and your clients and your company. It's interesting that you say that. I actually have my core values uh, as part of my signature on my email. Good. Uh, yes, absolutely. It's 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 so important to have core values that I, I actually have them there every day to see and remind myself uh, of what they are. Yeah. Um, you know, integrity, mm -hmm. perseverance, mm -hmm. bring value, be relevant, honesty. I don't have it all in front of me here, but I'm yeah. telling you where I come right off from. But that's all important because, again, as I said before, it's all about people. And when we're dealing with money, it's so important. Being a steward of other people's money, it's so important to be trustworthy. Yeah. It's so important to have integrity. Mm -hmm. And it's it's so important to keep that reputation because it takes just one thing, small thing to ruin your entire reputation, takes your entire life to build it and one small thing to destroy it. So yeah, in integrity and honesty and trustworthy. And, and it's, it's 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 not that hard to do. That's really who we are as a core as a people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So to accomplish as much as you have done you have to be super productive. So how can we be more productive in our day? What are some of your top productivity tips? Time management. Mm. I believe time is the most valuable commodity. There was a time when I was teaching in front of, before our pandemic, I was teaching in front of groups of people and I used to put a, a, a quadrant on the, on the board and I used to put in each quadrant money, mindset, time, and deal. And I used to ask, what's the most important component of any real estate transaction, which one of these four? And people would always say money or the deal or the mindset. No one would really pick time, but I always pick time. It is a, it is a somewhat a trick question, but I try to see, yeah. you know, and illustrate where people go about money first. It's not about money because tomorrow I can always find more money. Tomorrow I can always build my mindset and tomorrow I can always find another deal. But tomorrow I cannot get back another second of time. Right. So time is always elusive to us. It is always diminishing. And that's why it's the most valuable because we have no control over it. It is always diminishing. So that has to be managed most efficiently. Absolutely. How important is it for you to take action fast? I, I'm, I'm a fast action taker. I, I was taught you make decisions fast and change your mind slowly. Mm. That's what I was taught. You make decisions fast and you change your mind slowly because we, we get, we, we, we do it with our heart and try not to get the mind in the way. That's so awesome. I, I love that. Make your decisions fast and change your mind slowly. That's awesome. What do you think? hold us back from reaching our potential? What are the biggest obstacles that we tend to allow ourselves to keep in front of us? Ourselves, our, yeah. our insecurities, our, we don't think we're good enough. Mm -hmm. We don't think it's, it's ourselves, right? I have that too. I have some insecurities. I have a lot of insecurities. Yeah. I, I have a ton of insecurities. I, sometimes I second guess myself, mm -hmm. you know, and that's why I said before too, becoming a father, you can't second guess yourself because you got someone looking up to you. Someone gave right. me a, uh, a, a frame for the, for the kids in the picture that said, daddy, a daughter's first love and a son's first hero. I said, wow, yeah, I really can't screw this up. Right. <laughs> so, you, you have insecurities, but you just have to do it. Just do yeah, it. Absolutely. So you've worked with a lot of clients. How do you decide who you want to take on as a client? Because I'm sure you have criteria. Yes, we have criteria. Um, you know, the SEC helps in that sense that you have to be accredited or qualified uh, in order to come into our investment funds. Um, but I also look at it as it's got to be a personality thing. 
uh, where we have our investors are our community where we, you know, we, we talk to each other, we're a community, we give investment ideas. Some of my investors have better ideas than me. Some of my investors have had me go and try go into some deals with them, but I like to stick to where I'm focused. Mm -hmm. I'm better off sitting at my desk, focused on what I'm good at. There are some opportunities, some great opportunities that I missed out on because I wanted to stay focused because my duty is here for the people's money that I run. But I'm happy for them. We exchange ideas and it's a great community that we've built with our investors. So we have to be able to get along. And if 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 I had people coming over for a holiday to sit in my dining room table, are these the people that I would invite over to dinner? Those are my investors. Yeah. Those That's, are my investors. Yeah. We sit down and have a drink and enjoy life together around a dinner table and talk money, family, and faith. Then you're my people. That's great. For those of us in the audience who are not accredited investors, how do we make that happen? How do you become an accredited investor? Well, the SEC is clear in what an accredited investor is, is that you have to have a um, million dollar investable assets, not including your primary residence, or you have to have a um, an income for the last two years of $200,000 or $300,000 as a married couple. Hmm. A qualified investor is a little bit of a higher bar of having a $5 million uh, net worth liquid to invest. So the SEC sets that qualification. And, and, the, and the reason for that is, because some of the stuff is very sophisticated in, in dealing with the banks, and they don't want people to get into transactions where they don't completely understand it, or it can, uh, uh, harm their net worth or their income. They want people to be safe and that's the purpose for it. So Perfect. if they're not there, we got to build up to get there. And then once mm -hmm. they're there, they can certainly jump in with us and what we're doing. Absolutely. How do you decide what to say yes and no to? I imagine you say no a lot more than you say yes. Is that right? So my philosophy is always to say no. Even even when we're doing our deals, whether we're doing our deals or asset or even when my kids ask me for something, the answer is always no. It's easier to go from no to yes than a yes to a no. And so my answer is always no. And with as far as the investors or the asset, the paperwork will let me know if my gauge moves from a no to yes. As we, you know, because everybody has to go through background checks. Everybody has to go through anti-money laundering checks. That's all standard procedure as well, uh, having conversations with them, interviewing them and seeing what other investors they have, how we can serve them. Um, all there's, there's a whole, there's a whole questionnaire that we go through and a whole due diligence process we go through with our investors. And so as we go through that process, it naturally reveals itself, whether this person should be a yes, or do we stay at the no, but we always start at the no. Fantastic. That's great advice. How important is gratitude for you, Rob? Um, it is very important. We at my dinner table every night, uh, say grace. And at the end of grace, we all go around a table saying what we're grateful for, for the day and what we're praying for, for each other, for someone else every night. That is a ritual. Uh, well, not just at night, in the morning and at lunchtime too, when they're home for lunch as well. So it's yeah. very important. I was taught that long ago that we have to be grateful for what we have. We're only on this earth a short time. Mm -hmm. And we need to be grateful every day. And we need to remind ourselves every day that we should be grateful yeah. because yeah. the world can get crazy and confusing and distracting and we, we lose ourselves sometimes. So yeah. it's important to have that habit to be grateful. Yeah. People who pray together stay together, right? That's exactly right. I love that. So how do you set up your day for success? Do you have a routine? So I have a six-year-old boy and a 12-year-old girl. There is not one piece of a routine that we have any morning at all. <laughs> we, I try to get up before they do to get some reading done, uh, to get a couple of emails done and get some of the essential stuff since we're, we're global and we have investors all over the world. So I try to get some overnight stuff out of the way uh, and get some of the essential stuff done so that by 7 a.m., everybody's downstairs for breakfast and we'll again do our prayers, have breakfast together, and then get them off to school. And once they're off to school, I get back at my desk again as well. But, and then, and then I, I stop my day at 5 p.m. because they're after school activities. I like to be active with my children as well. 
Uh, mm -hmm. So every day there's after school activities. I volunteer with some of their clubs and activities. Mm -hmm. uh, and so volunteering in the community is important as well. I teach them about money and how to save, spend, contribute and volunteer as well. So it's all important. So you have to organize your life and mm -hmm. segment your day and then keep it to a disciplined uh, schedule over and over and over again. And always schedule time for yourself. Always yeah. schedule time for play always reward yourself for some of the good things that you've done. That's always important to do. Fantastic. We've got less than two minutes to the end. Here's the question I ask everyone. Who inspires and motivates you? Who inspires and motivates me? Many people do. I don't know that there's one person that motivates me. I, 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 I admire many people. Are we talking celebrities? Are we talking personally in my life? Are Whoever you want it to be. we got a minute left. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I can come with you. How about that? You're right in front of me. I, I admire you, Brian, because you actually put a podcast on. I've been doing this for 10 years and do such a great job. And I'm jealous. I wish I could do this because I love talking to people. I love teaching people. And so I try to find the best in every person that I'm talking to. So since we're on the, uh, on, on, on the call today, you're mm -hmm. my favorite person right now, Brian. Well, thank you so much. So as we wind down, how can we tribe with you? How can we vibe with you? Where can we find you? Um, so we set up a, um, so one of the things that we do is we're on a mission to have people become brilliant at capturing their tomorrow. So we've set up an email. Anybody can reach us at brilliant at capturingtomorrow.com. We want everybody to become brilliant at doing so and capturing their financial future. Thank you, Rob, so much for being here. It was great to have you. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. This was wonderful. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn along the way. Until next week, have a great week, everyone. Take care. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.